Hey guys, how y'all doing? It's Uncle Ed again, of Uncle Ed and the Gator Boys. You know, I've been out in California. Uh, it's been a while. Sorry I lost you there for a bit. Been out in California. Got a, got arrested for driving 95 miles an hour on the freeway. Um, they they got me for impeding traffic. Uh, they also got me for driving without a cell phone in my hand and uh, and got me for having an unloaded gun in the car. Now, out in California, apparently guns got to be loaded. The guy says, well, what the heck are you going to do with an unloaded gun? Well, you must not be from around here. Anyway, that's kept me busy for a bit. Um, today, I thought for sure we was going to get the boys, the Gator Boys, to show up for the podcast. But we just finished up uh, spending a lot of time together a couple weeks back, and that togetherness starts to extract a pretty big toll on all of us. So they may or may not show up. Um, I, I do know that Slim's Great Dane Chihuahua mixed dog, Senior Patton, got out again, and Slim's out hunting for him. And he's supposed to be quarantined for now. Slim is. The dog's fine. Last week, Slim was outside unescorted, and he chased a couple of cars down the street and bit the mailman, so he's got to be inside for another couple weeks until the tests come back, so we won't see him. Speaking of our togetherness uh, that I just spoke of, uh, we was all together recording our final cut of Uncle Ed and the Gator Boys' greatest hits. They're the only songs we got, so I guess by definition they are our greatest hits. But by that same account, also our worst hits. Didn't think it was a strong marketing position to release an Uncle Ed and the Gator Boys worst hits album. So there's that. Our agent, uh, Bones Gambino, told us we needed to record the album with an old-timey sound with a lot of reverb, a lot of volume and as little distinct lyrics as we could get away with. Bones is a smart guy. In addition to being our agent, he also runs a couple of dog tracks. He's always willing to work really late hours. And two, I, I never seen a businessman command so much respect from his clients. So anyways, uh, in order to achieve that sound Bones was talking about, we recorded a whole album in the walk-in meat locker at the Winn-Dixie Grocers down by the New Orleans docks where Bones meets a lot of his clients. Bones told us we could come out of the meat locker when we was completely done. So some of the later tracks in the album we played a lot faster than we originally thought we would. At one point, we uh, almost caught up to our drummer, Tubbs Watson. Earl Charmaine uh, convinced us into releasing the album on eight-track tape only. He says that makes them immediate collector's items, and it also reduces the number of people who can actually listen to it. Earl, I should say this, Earl's a renaissance man and dreams of the good old days when everything was better. I guess that's why he wears bell-bottom pants and leisure suits. If you're old enough to remember 8-track tapes, then you're old enough to remember leisure suits, too, so don't you roll your eyes at me. Sorry, I was talking to Brian, the sound engineer. 
Just because he got a fridge full of fireball, he thinks he's God's gift to recording artists like me. Anyways, Earl's got himself a 1958 Ford Edsel automobile. He says as good as the day it was made. Not sure how much of an endorsement that is, being as such that the Edsel was the worst car ever produced. I think his goal should be for it to be twice as good as the day it was made. But I don't know, maybe that's just me. Any case, he's the only guy I know what's got a eight-track tape player in his car or anywhere. He was singing along with the tape right after we got him, and he got pulled over by the parish police and cited for disturbing the peace and creating a public nuisance. Apparently, in the Edsel, it was a luxury option to have windows that closed. They find him $150. Nola, his wife, was with him, and she argued with the police, talked him into changing the fine to $300. So anyhow, speaking of Earl Charmaine, he got himself all excited a while back when he heard about a major banjo plucking competition called the Great American Pluck-Off being held in Paris. He went down to Little Sister's Unrelenting Mercy thrift shop, bought himself one of those Rosetta Stone cassette language courses. He got a pretty good deal on it because it was missing tape number three of the set, which was the verb conjugating course. But he either is, was, or will be having difficulty with his sentence construction. Anyways, after a month of constant studying, you know, Cajun French and French French is completely different. He and Nola went down to Air France at the airport in Metairie to buy his ticket to Paris. It turns out Air France does not fly to Paris, Texas. Earl's first clue should have been that the contest was called the Great American Pluck-Off. Why they would hold that in France, only Earl seems to know. And a second clue should have been that the whole reason the Cajuns were thrown out of France in the first place was because of the banjo. They was told in French, of course, to get the pluck out of France. So Earl rode the dog, that's what we down here call taking the Greyhound bus, down to Paris, Texas. Contest itself is not without controversy. Leading up to it, there was a dispute as to who the major sponsor would be. Smuckers Preserves thought they could use Jammin' with Smuckers as a slogan. But seeing as how the contest was part of a marijuana festival, Mother's Cookies thought they could use Getting Baked with Mothers. So in the end, they co-sponsored the event, calling it the Smucker's Mother's Pluck and Pluck Off. Now the marijuana folks will find that funny in a couple of days. Anyways, Earl came in second place in speed and 147th in accuracy. Second place finish in one of the categories earned him the silver award and the title of Mother's Lover Plucker. So anyway, catching up with some of the other man and family members, Gumbo Rochambeau got himself a side business as a taxidermist. You know, stuffing animals look like they're still alive. Dead ones, of course. His profit margins are pretty thin, as a lot of his clients' animals are, 
uh, what was having to do a lot of stuffing in the critters what get runned over. He's thinking about maybe specializing in two-dimensional taxidermy. You know, you can frame them and hang them on the wall. Uh, he did get commissioned by a society lady out of Baton Rouge who lost both her French poodles to a mysterious ailment right before her divorce settlement was final. Gumbo never got paid for that job, however. She told him she wanted her pet poodles mounted, but apparently she had a different vision for that than Gumbo did. He's a farm boy after all. He's seen a lot of that kind of stuff before. Billy Bob Boudreaux, our keyboardist, was getting a lot of negative feedback about his wooing style. So Webster Rochambeau, you know Webster, he's a smart one, suggested he get a book about love from the bookmobile. He found one that said, How to Hug. After he read it, he said he wasn't sure how it was supposed to help him exactly. Webster took a look at it and told him How to Hug was the seventh volume of the Encyclopedia Britannica. Now, Fatty Rochambeau finally got himself one of them fancy new smartphones. He says his phone must really be smart because somehow it communicates with all his friends and kinfolk, and no matter where he is, they know where to call him at. Fatty got the phone because his wife, Lena, was mad at him for a week. She had said to him one Saturday, let's go out tonight and have some fun. He said, great idea, but if you get home before I do, could you leave the Porsche light on? And she did. So Fatty could more easily see his pillow and bed covers right there on the porch. They did try to make up the next morning, though although Fatty almost had a heart attack. They got a tradition of making love to the slow church bells in town they can hear from their bedroom. But right in the middle of things, a damn ice cream truck drove by and that threw Fatty completely off his rhythm. Anyway, that's not what I wanted to tell you about on this podcast. I forgot kind of what I was going to tell you, but that's what's going on down here on the Bayou Francoise. Remember to check out the website, www.gatorguitar.com. Going to try to get Webster, the smart one, over to help add some new pictures of our new guitars. Talk to you all on the turnaround. (laughs) 